Good morning, everyone. This is the Charging Buffalo Podcast. I am Joe, alone today. Well, you see, it's 9.19 a.m., and Sabres lost to the worst team in the league yesterday in the Minnesota Wild, and I am just so fired up, I just decided, you know what? It's time for a podcast. It's time to just let everything out. And you know what? We did a podcast a couple days ago, and I thought that I did let quite a bit out, but it was more, I don't know, a dead, a dead vibe, a numb vibe. But today, I am just furious, if you will. I just cannot understand what is going on. This is just a carbon copy of last year, if not even worse. And the GM speaks to the media yesterday and says that he's happy with how the players are playing, how the guys are coming up from Rochester playing well. I mean, Lazar's been okay. Thompson got hurt. But besides that, what's what's there to be really happy about? Is there anything to be happy about? With the current state of the team, no. I mean, Eichel's playing well. He's playing really well. He's having a career year, again, and that's about it. I mean, Reinhardt, too. He's been really good, but besides that, there's nothing. Rasmus Dahlin is having a sophomore slump, which, not good, but you know what? I can blame, I think I'm going to blame Mr. Kruger for that. Because he's trying to turn him into some defensively reliable defenseman. But the reason Rasmus Dahlin was drafted first overall in the 2018 draft and was such a highly touted prospect is because of his offensive ability, not because he was some defensive shutdown guy. To try and take the creativity out of Rasmus Dahlin is probably the worst thing this team could ever do. And it's just mind-boggling what they're doing with him. And, you know, yes, there is some blame that goes, that falls on Rasmus Dahlin's shoulders. Yes, he isn't playing well. But I think the guy is just confused. Maybe they're overloading him with information and whatnot, but I think he's confused. They're confusing him. So, and I, I, I hope that he can turn it around here. But it's been an ugly stretch for him. It's been an ugly... 10 games, and it's been ugly 10 games for the entire team. Victor Olofsson yesterday pretty much got awful, and the man is just completely ineffective 5-on-5, and they just refuse to take him off the top line. It's just mind-numbingly atrocious hockey that is going on right now. I watched, you know, I watched, I didn't even watch the third period yesterday. I was like, you know what, I gotta blow off some steam. I went to the gym, and yeah, that was it. The first 40 minutes of that game were terrible. And I'm going to try not to swear in this. It's going to be hard, but it's just shocking. And as I alluded to earlier, Jason Botterill going to the media to pretty much stay face. What reason did he have? I don't think it was a scheduled type of thing. It was probably something last minute. He was there, and he met with the media, and I listened to a little bit of it before I started sounding off here. And right when he goes to Bogosian, I, I just had to stop. I was like, you know what? I watched it three. This was the third time I watched it. And he's like, oh, we're so proud of Zach Bogosian. He's coming back, and he's, he might play. He might play this weekend. Why? Why? 
Why is Zach Bogosian going to play? No one thought he was even going to come back. And it's mid-November, and he might play. They have 12 NHL defensemen, three of them are in Rochester. And the GM is going out saying, oh, you know what? We like our depth. We don't want to trade it. Why? Jason Botterill, he is just sitting on his hands again. The same thing happened last year when there was still time for them to fix things, and they didn't. By the time they did make a move to try and fix things, it was already over. The season was done. They traded for Brandon Montour, who had a goal yesterday, his first goal of the season. I don't know anymore. I just, I don't know. I don't get it. He says they're actively looking to trade for a forward, but if you check the calendar, it's November. How many trades are made in November where actual good players with term are traded. I mean, last November, the Hurricanes and the Wild swung a terrible deal. It was Victor Rask or Nino Niederreiter. And look how that turned out for the Wild. And now they're in last place in the league. But that might not be for long because the Sabres look worse than last year. And I know there are some... You can call me an uber-pessimist. I don't care. I am. I am. But there are the optimists out there that just think, oh, it's fine. Just be patient and things will turn around. And what exactly are we waiting for here? There's, Is there any sign of positivity over the past 12 games or so? Even last 15 games. Yeah, they looked good. and I, th- I think they looked great in the first two games against New Jersey and Boston. And we haven't seen that since. Not at all. Not even glimpses of it, really. Their power play has died. It's just over. Maybe teams have caught on. I don't know. But their power play has been completely ineffective. I think last time I checked, they were over 20. Or the last 20 attempts. Yeah, it's just mind-boggling. I don't get it. The coach is just not changing anything. You, You look at the line combinations from yesterday. The top line is exactly the same. Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhart, and Victor Olofsson. Why is Victor Olofsson still on the top line? The man does not produce at 5-on-5, five five, and he hasn't even, producing, hasn't even been producing on the power play either while the power play has been struggling. The coach is just standing here, not doing anything, not changing any of the lines, and the only reason he has changed it a little bit is because of injuries. I mean, John Gilmore, for God's sakes, is playing fourth line right wing, and he didn't even—he wasn't even that bad. It's—I don't—I don't understand it anymore. Yeah, Jimmy VC still playing. He's got two points, and he has no goals. They brought this guy in, and I think they brought him in because they thought he could be a top six option for this team, and that's where he started in the preseason. He was with Eichel on the top line. And now he's on the fourth line. And people are saying, oh, what's wrong with Casey Middlestat? Look who his wingers are. I mean, yeah, Middlestat, he hasn't been good. He had a terrible turnover yesterday. He's got no points in his last 11 games. He hasn't been good, but what are they, are they helping him? Absolutely not. You got Curtis Lazar, who he's a role player. When Lazar is in the NHL, he's an energy role player that might be able to chip in every five games, maybe. And then you got VC. You got two boat anchors on Middlestat's wings, and everyone's like, oh, what's wrong with him? Should we send him to Rochester? I mean, probably not, but 
what do you got to lose at this point? Why not send him to Rochester? But, geez, he's probably better off up here. Give him some wingers. Trade for someone. I mean, it's November. They're still, like, three points. What are they right now? I don't even know. How close are they to a playoff spot? They're three points out of a playoff spot. Thank you, Producer Nino. Three points out of a playoff spot. There's still time. They can still turn it around. But what reason do we have to think that they can actually do it? You know, looking at last night's lineup, how many guys were on the team last year? I mean, there are a lot of fresh faces looking at the lineup. They're one point out of a playoff spot. One. Three out of the division. Three out of the division. I don't get it anymore. They kept all, everyone. Pominville is the only guy to go. And you know what? If they can't trade for a guy, why not just sign Jason Pominville? You know what the problem is? You know what the problem is? They don't have cap space. Because they basically put themselves in cap jail up until this next offseason. And I said it on Twitter yesterday. With the assumption that Kyle Poso goes on long-term injury reserve, his contract pretty much is off the books. It's still on the books, but the salary doesn't count towards the salary cap. They are going to have $41 million to sign their RFAs, which, you know, Sam Reinhart. But besides Sam Reinhart, who else have they got to sign? No other big contracts. So you're going to have upwards of $20 million to spend in free agency to add guys in trade. And now, when you think about it, it sounds pretty nice, but who's the guy at the helm? Who's the the captain here that's going to be spending this money? It's Jason Bottrell. And now, I, I, I did some digging this morning. I woke up, and I was mad. I was angry. I woke up at 5 a.m., and I was like, man, the Sabres, they're ruining my life. But when you look at the players that Jason Bottrell has brought in in his two-and-a-quarter years here as Sabres general manager. It's mind-boggling. He traded for Pominville and Scandella. I don't think anyone would have thought that Jason Pominville would have been the best player in that deal, but he was. And, you know, Marco Scandella's had a decent start this year, but he's still Marco Scandella, and he was pretty much terrible for most of his Sabres career. And he was a healthy scratch yesterday, too. How much time does he have left here? He'll probably spend the rest of the season here because Jason Bottrell doesn't want to move a defenseman. He signed Benoit Pouliot, a guy who had good underlying numbers, but just was not good here. Scott Wilson. See, Bottrell's first year, worst team in the league, and he's like, oh, the, the rumors come out, anyone's available, and they're looking to make a deal. And that what do they do? They trade a fifth-round pick for Scott Wilson, who's been in Rochester for most of his career, and he's just not a good player. I don't get it. If this, What if the do-something move for Bottrell is trading a fifth-round pick for some bum who's just going to be in Rochester for a couple years? I don't know. He signed Victor Antipin, which seemed like a foregone conclusion. He traded for Nathan Beaulieu, which, you know, I would have done it. I'd do it over again. A former first-round pick with a bunch of talent. And then bowl you yesterday in an athletic article. What did he say? I'll look for it, but he trashed Buffalo. What did he say? Uh, Nathan Beaulieu. I think he was like, oh, it's depressed. it was a depressing place to play, maybe. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, mentally, it was so degrading. You heard Ryan O'Reilly say it, and I know 
the Sabres didn't like that what he said, but he couldn't have put it any better. Mentally, it was degrading to play in Buffalo. I don't think it's not the city. The city isn't. You know, Buffalo is a proud, a proud town. We're proud of our town. We're proud of our teams. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah, sometimes. But you know what Bolu said there. I wouldn't take that shot at the city. I mean, it's just these teams have been bad. Just so bad for so long. And there's just no end in sight. There's no end in sight. Like, this, the GM keeps in bringing mediocre to terrible players. And I can keep going on with this list. But pretty much all of them are terrible. No plans in the future. I mean, if you look at the more recent pickups, Thompson has shown promise. Gilmore's been okay. Lazard has looked like a decent depth piece. Yoki Haru, I, I, is it a hot take to say Henry Yoki Haru has been the Sabres' best defenseman this year? No. The guy's been really good. Colin Miller, DC, I mean, you would hope that he would have been better, but he's been scratched. He's been, I, I have no gripes with Colin Miller. I, not at all. Johansson, arguably the best free agent signing in like 10 years, 20 years even. Jimmy Vc stinks, but that's besides the point. Those are like the only good pickups that Jason Bottrell has done as Sabres GM. But again, there's no end in sight. You want to know why? The prospect pool isn't looking that great. And some of their best prospects are defensemen. They're defensemen. Which they already have too much of right now. Ah, I don't know. I don't know anymore. It's just frustrating. Uh, that we uh, we're sitting here again, saying the same stuff as we did last year. It just doesn't make sense anymore. Again, going back to the prospects, how many guys in this organization, in the pipeline, have the potential to be a top six forward? Dylan Cousins. That's it. It's just Dylan Cousins. And I know everyone loves Matei Picard. They love him. He's having a good junior career in Barry, but. What is he, if he ever makes the NHL, that is, what is he? He's probably going to be a third or fourth line checker, grinder. That's all that he's going to be. That is all that Matei Picard is going to be. And you got Asplund. Asplund's been good. Rasmus Asplund has been good in this little stint he's had in Buffalo. That's it. But, you know, they got Marcus Davidson, who, I mean, he's shown promise. I like him in Sweden, and I like him when he's ever at development camp. But he hasn't even turned pro yet. He's probably two, three years away still. And they passed on some decent players to pick him. And when they picked Rasmus Asplund and Marcus Davidson, it was like, okay, these guys are going to be good third or fourth line guys. When you're picking a guy, you got to be hoping, okay, even in the seventh round, you got to be hoping, man, we can hope that this guy can be a top two line contributor for this team. And it seems like this team doesn't draft for the boom, the boomer bust kind of player. Matias Samuelson, the first pick in the second round in 2018. If he ever makes the NHL, what is he going to be? He's going to be Zach Bogosian. But Bogosian's a better skater than him. If they're lucky, if he ever plays. Matias Samuelson's not good. Ryan Johnson, I like him. He's, he doesn't 
he's not a big time producer by any means, but he's a good skater and can pass. So I hope that he's good, but he's a defenseman. What do they need? They need forwards. They don't have anything at the wing in their pipeline. And the only way, I'm sorry to say it, but the only way that they can get themselves out of this mess is drafting their way out of it. But if you look, but if you look at their their draft picks, they've traded a lot of picks for these mediocre players like Jimmy Vesey. It's, I know it, it's hard to say it, but they do not, there doesn't look like there's an end in sight. They don't have a third round pick this year. Because I believe that was the Skinner trade, maybe. Yeah, they don't have a third-round pick. They don't have a sixth-round pick, but they do have two sevenths. Next year, they don't have a third-round pick because the VC trade. They don't have a fifth-round pick. But luckily, they have pieces to trade at the trade deadline this year. They have pending UFAs that they can hopefully flip for picks because, you know what, they're probably going to be sellers again. I don't. I'd like to hope that Jason Bottrell is going to make a trade for a forward. But he's not going to mortgage the future. And maybe he shouldn't. But the goal should still be to make the playoffs. And this general manager has shown absolutely no reason to think that his goal for this year is to be in the playoffs. Actions speak louder than words. And he says, one of the beat reporters asked him yesterday, is this going to be like last year? And he's like, it's my job to prove that prove to you that it's not like last year. Well, it I don't know. Sorry to break it to you, Jason, but it looks worse. You know, I got the time hop app, and it shows me the tweets from a year ago. And about a year ago, the Sabres were on, like, game six or seven of the 10-game winning streak, and, uh, man, it, it was fun. It was fake. It, they weren't for real, but, man, oh, man, they were fun. I remember sitting in my car, and I put on better days, and I was just like, man, it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, and then everything collapsed. And you know what? Sitting in my car after the last game, it's just, it hurts. It's pain. Man, when Darcy Regeer said in 2013 that there's going to be some suffering, man, you weren't wrong. Darcy Regeer was not wrong in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it's just, they don't have anything coming up and they I don't I there's been a discussion about bringing up Dylan Cousins there's been a discussion I don't even think that they can they can on an emergency recall but once they're in a position roster wise to send them back they have to send them back that happened with Brendan Gooley a few years ago who Gooley I think he's been playing pretty well in Anaheim so good for him but yeah I don't even think they can and their philosophy with Cousins Fine. That was basically the only thing that I agreed with Jason Bottrell yesterday. Keep him down there. Let him win a gold medal with Team Canada at the World Juniors, and then hopefully he can come up next year and be a contributor. But, man, it's looking like another rough, rough year. And if you look at their schedule, they got Boston on Thursday. They have the Boston Bruins. And you keep looking at the schedule. I think they got Florida on Sunday. Florida's never a gimme. And then what do they got after that? Tampa on Monday. Calgary Wednesday. And then a home-and-home with Toronto. Yeah, Toronto's been rough, but what better team to get out of a funk than the Buffalo Sabres, you know? Yeah, this seems it's just therapeutic to go off on the team. 
We've been doing the podcast for, God, it's been like three and a half years now. Started 2017, right before the draft, right at the end of the season. And it, it used to be fun. It used to be fun just going in here, shooting the breeze. But now I'm, there's there have been listeners that I know have been listening since basically the beginning. And you guys have probably been hearing the same stuff over and over because we are just out of things to say. There are so many ways that you can just say, man, they suck, and they suck again. They're bad, and they, I don't know. There's just no way that Jason Bottrell and Ralph Kruger should have a job at the end of the year. Well, maybe they'll retain Kruger, and maybe he'll be the coach again next year. But there is just no way that Jason Bottrell should have a job next year. He has to do something big to redeem himself. And it has to be soon because I just don't see the light at the end of the tunnel here. Maybe they get Quentin Byfield. Maybe they get Quentin Byfield. That would be nice. But I just I just don't know anymore. Trade a defenseman. Add a forward. You don't have to mortgage your future trading a first-round pick to add a guy. Anything at this point. I said it yesterday. Sign Pollenville. Why not? Clear out some cap space. Sign Pollenville. Heck. Like, if you're not going to trade for anyone, bring in over the hill Thomas Vanek. At least some people have nostalgia for that. It's a new face. A newish face. It's an old face, but at a different time. Yeah, it's just... You know, everyone's frustrated. Everyone's frustrated, absolutely everyone, and it seems like the GM just does not care. So, yeah, that's basically all I got to say today. I just wanted to get something off my chest, yell a little bit, but there's no end in sight. And now maybe watch them go win five in a row, but they've lost nine of ten, eight of nine, whatever it is. Doesn't look all that promising for the rest of the season. But prove me wrong, Bottrell. Prove us all wrong because I think everyone right now is under the belief that this is over. And it's only no, it's not even Thanksgiving yet. Not even Thanksgiving yet, but yes. Well, everyone, this is a post-production Joe here. I forgot to hit on something in this rant. And that is, I just feel so, so sorry for Jack Eichel. It... The, the guy, can anyone blame him if he wants out? Can anyone, will anyone, like, word comes out tomorrow Eichel wants out. What if that happens? Probably won't happen, but if it does, will anyone feel any ill will towards this guy? This team has given him nothing. Absolutely zero. Nothing whatsoever. Nothing. They drafted the guy second overall, Tim Murray, he traded for Vander Kane, he traded for Ryan O'Reilly, and like, let's go, we're going to be a good team. And then what, after that? They have done absolutely nothing to put a comp- even a competitive team around their franchise centerpiece. Nothing. They lucked into Rasmus Dahlin, but they might even be ruining him, I don't know. They traded for Jeff Skinner, but now they don't even play him on the same line as him when they were fantastic together last year. Ah, I don't know. What if he wants out in the offseason? What if they trade Jack Eichel? Then what? What are we got to rebuild again? Rebuild through the draft again. 
what is this, rebuild number three in the last 10 years? The Sabres are literally Edmonton. We are the new Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton East. Jack Eichel is going to want out, and you can't blame him at all. And everyone should be mad at this organization, not Jack Eichel. Should be mad at Jason Bottrell for his incompetence and his unwillingness to be aggressive and build a competitive team around a 23-year-old superstar that is in his prime. He's going to score 50 goals this year on a terrible hockey team. Ah, yes. Just wanted to get that off my chest. I completely forgot about that during the rant. If you enjoyed, let me know. Follow me on Twitter, JoeTCBNHL. Follow the Charging Buffalo on Twitter as well, at the Charging Buff. Instagram, too, at the Charging Buff. Forgot to mention our sponsors for the podcast, Justition. Use code TCB at checkout at justitionhockey.com. 10% off of your order. Lots of good stuff over there. Guys do a great job. Uh, Follow them on Twitter as well, at Justition. Yeah, that's all I got for you guys today. Uh, I'm sure we'll be back next week. And maybe if they lay an egg on Thursday, we'll be back on Friday for another rant. I don't know. Lots of ranting going on on Sabres Twitter, so... You know what? Why not express my frustration? So, yeah, we'll be back. Appreciate all of you for listening, and we will see you in the next one.